Thank you for tuning in to the Red Clinic Podcast. My name is Dr. Schwalen. I'm a licensed psychologist and expert in the treatment of eating disorders. Today, we're going to do what we do best, where we provide education on eating disorders, relapse prevention, recovery, and everything eating disorders that you would want to know. I have Dr. Smith with me today, um, licensed psychologist and director of the Red Clinic. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited that you're back because we're actually going to talk about body image today. One of my favorites. Yeah, and it's a super important part of eating disorder treatment, but it's also just a super important topic for kids, loved ones, um, the way we try to navigate the world and how we feel about our bodies. So I think we're going to have a lot to say about it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) A lot to say. (laughs) So one of the things that I want to start out with is um, if you put... 10 people in a room, and this is whether or not they have an eating disorder. So any 10 people, you put them in a room in the United States, so Western society, Western culture, 9 out of 10 people are going to have body image issues. So what that means is it's it's anything, any kind of body dissatisfaction or body image problem. It could be about how they look. It could be maybe they don't like the weight that they're at. It could be the fact that they think their nose is too big, but there's some kind of dissatisfaction that about 90% of people are going to report if you were to ask them how satisfied they are with their body. Yep. And then we know that, you know, there are some people, you know, about 90% of people who have body image issues and then a smaller subset of those people that will actually go on to develop an eating disorder or an unhealthy relationship with food that then leads to even more complex types of body image issues or contributes to body image in just a in just a more significant way because yeah. of the eating disorder. So knowing that, what we want to talk about today is, you know, eating disorder or not, how to really develop a healthy body image. So we're not really necessarily saying it has to be super, super positive, which is like completely the opposite end of the spectrum, but we're trying to help people understand how to get to a more balanced body image, a more healthy healthy body image. I always like to say a healthy relationship with your body, because if you think about just a healthy relationship in general with anyone, um, that doesn't mean that relationship is perfect. Yeah. And you may have arguments. There may be disagreements at times, but that doesn't mean it's not a healthy relationship. Right. Another way that I like to talk to clients about it is like the 80-20 rule, right? So if 80% of the time or so things are pretty good, but you kind of know that 20% of the time there's going to be challenges or difficulties, that's actually pretty healthy. It's pretty normal. You can't expect everything to be perfect 100% of the time. Absolutely. So what are some of the things that you come across when you're working with clients who have eating disorders and they are talking about body image? A lot of body dissatisfaction, sometimes body distortions. Body distortions, um, a lot of people will think of like dysmorphia. And what that means is what they're perceiving themselves look like may be different than what is actually true. Um, Just a constant maybe obsession or focus on body image. So that's also a whole other layer of like this over-focus, over-centric part of just body image in general. Um, Feeling like that's really important, which makes sense with just our culture in general. 
Um, sometimes there's a history of, um, being bullied based on how they look. Um, social media is always a big topic with this. I feel like I can go a million different directions with yeah. this. Um, yeah. And so I'll provide some examples too, cause it can go in so many different directions. When I work with clients who have any kind of eating disorder, so it can be anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder, um, atypical anorexia, Whenever there's body image involved, I usually hear common things from clients where they believe that, you know, there's definitely something about themselves that they wish they could change. And it usually focuses on weight and physical appearance. So, you know, maybe the client believes that they're too fat. Maybe they believe that their thighs are too big or their stomach's not flat enough. Um, They might think that um, their hips don't look like mm -hmm. how they should the shape isn't correct. Yep. The portions aren't correct. And then also, like you said, it also, uh, wherever they're getting those uh, messages from plays a huge role. So maybe they were bullied for the way they looked at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're getting messages from family members that they're supposed to look a certain way and yeah. that they'll never fit, you know, whatever the criteria is within the family. Maybe mom or dad gave the message that they need to eat less or that they um, have some weight to lose. And that started at a very young age. Um, or just feeling like they're not good enough for society because of the thin ideal that we unfortunately have almost every person in this country has internalized mm-hmm. as what beautiful is. Yeah. Thin ideal that's really important to talk about as well. Yeah. Just like what you said, just the culture's ideal of what beauty is and how much that impacts us. I think one of the favorite things I like to say is that we all see 5,000 images a day of the thin ideal. If we don't think that doesn't impact us, that's um, that's something that you got to really think about. Yeah. And so, you know, when we talk about those 5,000 images a day, We're talking about the fact that we have devices at our fingertips. And so this is especially true for kids, but it also happens to adults because we can see those images of that thin ideal. So what's what's expected and what's communicated in our society as what is acceptable and beautiful. We're getting those messages through social media, through magazine covers, through the things that we see on billboards when we're driving down the highway. They're everywhere on TV and commercials and and even at the doctor's office where a physician may talk about, you know, BMI and healthy weight. And everybody these days tends to have a complex about what they should look like and how they should look in order to be successful and accepted into mm-hmm. the society that we live in. And so it's no no um, question, right, or no surprise that nine out of ten people are going to have body dissatisfaction. Yeah. It's pretty unfortunate. It's like we're set up to just be miserable all the time and never <laughs> accept ourselves for who we are. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I, I also think that that plays, like, straight into the culture that we have right now. Um, the dieting culture plays a huge impact on that because if we are dissatisfied with what we look like, here's a product, here's something else for us to pay for in order to help quote unquote change that. No, absolutely. And it has everything to do with the dieting industry and marketing. You know, I always talk to people about, if you think about it, marketers are really targeting the people in the society that have money. Who generally has the money? It's the adults. It's very easy to target, you know, health issues or physical appearance. 
um, and get adults to spend money on those products, right? Oh, if you want less wrinkles, buy this cream, or if you um, want to lose weight fast, buy this diet pill or, or subscribe to this meal replacement shake or whatever it might be. But kids also are exposed to that exact same information that's out there. And even though they're not necessarily being targeted because they don't have the money in this, in this society, <laughs> right? They are still seeing those images. Yeah. They're still getting those messages. And their brains are not necessarily developed to the point where they can critically think through those things either, which right. is a big role and something that we often work with parents about is how do you help these kids really critically think through these messages um, that they're getting, whether it's through social media, through television, or through the billboards, or through an advertisement that shows up in, in any other form. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, working with families and kids is what we do all the time at the Red Clinic to help them um, develop some critical thinking skills in their children. There's also a lot of pressure. You know, we talked about it already. We said, like, where are they getting the message that they have to look a certain way? We know it's in the media. We know it could come from family members. We know it can come from peers. Um, it can come from coaches too. Yep. Especially like I hear it all the time with clients that if if a client was ever on a dance team or a gymnastics team or ballet, for example, I mean, I yeah. can't tell you how common it is when I hear that they were on a ballet um, dance team and they were being trained by Russian dance instructors, for example. Yeah. I can't tell you how much, how common it is for young people to develop body image and eating disorders because they're getting the message that their body is just not good enough um, to perform at optimal levels unless they avoid weight gain. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I was a gymnast for 10 years and even thinking about the culture I was in and just how much certain body images were promoted. I think it's changed a little bit in the gymnastics culture based on just other factors going on. But I remember the messages of, you know, um, about certain leotards and how you look and how that can impact your performance, whether it's just because of your physical abilities, but also just how the judges perceive you based on how you look and how that can impact it. And so it's, it's very prevalent. We get these messages all the time. And for kids, especially that's a lot of pressure, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're being judged by the way you look and your leotard might not look the way it's supposed to. So now you have to be dissatisfied with the way you look if you really want to be cut out for this sport. Yeah. Yeah, that's way, that's a lot of pressure. It's <laughs> way too much for a kid to handle, to say the least. Sometimes it is, and we've seen that firsthand in the Red Clinic. Yeah. So body dissatisfaction, I think we've done a really good job at just like completely normalizing it. Right. But what what's a healthy relationship with your body actually mean? What does it look like to kind of lean towards the more positive side of it or to have even more a balanced perspective on it? What do you think? I always say there's like two parts of that. There is the relationship with your body as a whole and then there's relationship with body image. So when we really think about it, if we keep focusing on body image, that's only one piece or one factor of our bodies in general. And so one of the things I like to do is be able to help zoom out and say, okay, what does our relationship look like with our body? Are we so zoomed in on our body image that we can't 
be um, appreciative of the other things that our body can do for us, such as allowing us to breathe or speak or hear or see or move or what are all the things that are happening with our body? Are you going to be satisfied with every part of our body? No, there may be things that people are struggling with with their body um, that may need some medical help, but being able to have just kind of a healthy relationship with our body and understanding how body image plays into that, okay. I think is a, a big factor to yeah, start with. I agree. And so, you know, kind of zooming out, taking that step back and saying, all right, how is my body functional for me? Like, how does it, there's a blog out there that's uh, not just a body, I think it's called. And, um, it, you know, there's a, a, a cliche saying of, you know, your body's not an ornament, it's an instrument. Mm -hmm. So thinking about your body as a whole body, yeah. because if you objectify, it's really difficult to think about your body as a whole body that has functionality to it that allows you to have quality of life, to be able to do the things you want to do without your body, you wouldn't be able to do some of those things, right? You, yeah. You're not able to participate in sports and stay alive and breathe and <laughs> walk and talk and interact and all those yeah. things. And, and when you look at eating disorders in general, a lot of times you see that zoom in where it's like the body image has now become so much more important than... Um, all the other things that are impacted by what can happen with an eating disorder. I don't really care about like my nails and I don't care about my skin and I don't care about these other things. As long as this one factor of my body image is fixed, I don't care about everything else. So it's like all the focus goes into maybe the person wants a flatter stomach. And so they're overly focused on that mm -hmm. and they kind of let everything else go by the wayside. And that, I mean, that plays into um, even making healthy decisions. So, yeah. you know, not honoring your body or not eating food to take care of yourself. We see that a lot in anorexia, for example, or atypical mm -hmm. anorexia, making decisions that have more to do with your desire to have a flatter stomach or smaller thighs or whatever it is, rather than making decisions to just take care of yourself and your body. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I was thinking about with body image is how stubborn it is. So with our eating disorder clients that are in recovery, what, I, what we see all the time is that body image is one of the last things to change yeah. or improve. So we know that people can weight restore. Mm -hmm. They can stick to a meal plan. They can do what they need to do and eat the food that they're supposed to eat and, and do those things. They can also learn anxiety management skills yeah. and cope with depression and maybe perfectionism. But when it comes to changing how they feel about their body and moving more towards body acceptance and, and body love, right? Yeah. It's one of the hardest things to shift and change. Yep. So when you're working with clients, for example, what do you do? Like, what are some of the techniques you use to help them get there with body image? Yeah, I think it, well, one, it kind of depends on like where they're at, what's kind of going on, what are they focused on? Are they kind of zooming in? Are we already zooming out? Um, and just helping them learn how to appreciate those different factors, whether it's 
actually how they look because there's usually something that we can all appreciate with how our body looks. Um, I think I totally believe it's not an ornament, it's an instrument, but also recognizing there is a beauty in the differences in how we all look and being able to appreciate that. So sometimes I even like to think of just um, like different, it could be different factors. It could be, okay, what is actually impacting your body image? Is it social media? Okay, let's start putting different messages in our brain. Um, what can we do to try to limit those negative messages that are impacting it? And how do we increase those positive messages? So being able to put sticky notes on the mirror, right? Cause the mirror is a very triggering place for everyone's body image. Um, and how do you focus on those things? Do you end up focusing on the things that you don't like? Or are you focusing on the things that you do appreciate? And so being able to even do that can be really helpful. Um, so let me, yeah. let me, let There's me clarify, because I, I know I exactly what you're talking about, but I want to make sure it's coming across real clear. So social media, let's break that down. So absolutely with clients, I do the same thing. I'll explore with them, you know, how much time are you spending looking at things that are going to feed body dissatisfaction? Yeah. Now let's talk about filtering what you look at so that we can actually feed body positivity, right? Yep. And so I'll make recommendations on different blogs or people they can follow on Instagram or different um, types of social media they can look at yep. that are real specific about protecting themselves from all the negativity out there. Yep. And even just having that conversation with clients is so powerful because many people have, it's never even dawned on them that the part of eating disorder recovery is really picking and choosing what you're going to pay attention to and what you're not going to allow into your mind anymore. Yeah. So getting to that point is a really big deal in eating disorder recovery. The other thing about body image is being so persistent, so stubborn. It's one of the last things to, to change, right? Yeah. We see that all the time. I mean, I'll, I'll be working with clients, you know, maybe for a year or more sometimes. And it's literally the, the one thing we're still working on is body image, body acceptance. And we really have to break down, you know, what's your, what is behind this? Mm -hmm. Why do you continue to feel so negatively about the way you look? Why are you so hard on yourself about your physical appearance? And absolutely 100% of the time we're able to understand in therapy that the way they feel about their body is just a reflection of what they're feeling on the inside. Yep. So if they feel shame, if they feel inadequate, if they're feeling guilt, if they're feeling sad or depressed or they're dealing with some trauma, they end up taking out those emotions on the, on their body. Right. Yeah. And yeah. their self-perception of how they look. If they, if they truly feel inadequate, like I'm not good enough. And that's the message they're sending themselves because of whatever life experiences they've had. It's no wonder that they hate the way they look. Yeah. And so in therapy, we really have to get to the bottom of that, to the roots of it. Right. And pull those roots out. Yeah. essentially pull the weeds out and plant some <laughs> flowers in place. Yeah. And I'm wondering if even just like the people that are listening, um, can even relate to these like small examples of just how, how we feel can impact the way we see things. So I always like to use the example of, um, maybe you saw someone just like randomly that you thought, oh my gosh, that is one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my entire life. You meet them and it's just, maybe they have a lot of negativity. Their personality is just not, not positive. All of a sudden the way that you perceive them, that beauty shifts. 
Or it could be even the opposite where maybe there's someone that you don't necessarily notice because your eye is not necessarily quote unquote drawn to that beauty. And then you get to know them and you meet them and all of a sudden they become more beautiful. Or I even think of just like kind of the silly things of how, um, just how we're made in general. Like I know as moms, like one of the fun things that I always think about is just how much more beautiful we think our, our children are than (laughs) anyone else. (laughs) And so it really talks and speaks to just how our emotions and how we feel impacts the way that we see things. Oh, I love that. I think that's a really good example that a lot of people can connect to. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you mentioned earlier were sticky notes on the mirror. So I want to make sure that comes across clearly too, because you're right. When people look in the mirror, that's when they see the reflection of themselves. I also hear with eating disorder clients a lot is when they're in the shower is when they're faced with their body image issues. Mm -hmm. So, um, taking a shower can actually be kind of risky for some people because if they have a tendency towards like self-harm or self-deprecating thoughts, it can get really intense in the shower Yeah. Um, because of body checking. So I'll break that down for the audience. Body checking is when um, an individual with really severe body image issues might, you know, start squeezing or checking different body parts to just see like if that body part is still flat or small or the size that they think it should be. Yeah. Um, and, and so lots of those behaviors really are indicative of pretty extreme body image. So when someone's looking at themselves in a mirror and they have pretty bad body image, or even if it's not an eating disorder, but body image is still a struggle, the tendency is to body check, right? Yeah. Uh, criticize, um, basically zoom in on all the aspects that you're dissatisfied with, and then say a bunch of mean things about yourself to yourself in the mirror, I mean, that's what bad body image is all about. And so essentially everybody with bad body image becomes like their own worst enemy or their own worst bully. Yeah. And if you're hearing that voice in your head and you're a part of that voice in your head and you're doing that to yourself, the sticky notes are a big deal. Yeah. The sticky notes essentially entail writing down positive affirmations about you and your character. And if you're able to think about what other people might say about your physical appearance and write those things down versus Mm -hmm. all the things the bully in your head is going to say. And then when you look at yourself in the mirror, you start practicing saying those things in your mind every time you look at yourself in the mirror. So rather I'm so fat, it's I have really nice eyebrows. And I'm just going to focus on that feature of myself. And I'm going to get used to saying that to myself because Mm -hmm. I need to practice saying something nice about myself and appreciating something positive. Yeah. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, it's it's not going to work because I don't believe it. And I always tell people it's it's sometimes about just like that repetition. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to retrain your brain. So even if it's faking it until you make it is one of, I, one of the things I always like to say. It's just sometimes it's about that repetition. The more you tell yourself, just like how we have that repetition of the body dissatisfaction, the thin ideal that we get from our society, we have to be able to come like combat that with those positive affirmations, the positive um, body image um, statements if possible. And you know, I I love that you brought it up. Like some clients really struggle with, I may not even believe this about myself. I can, I can usually find, and I'm sure you can too, where a client can come up with like one thing that they like about themselves. And it might take forever in session to come Mm -hmm. up with it. 
but eventually they can get there. And it might just be something so small, like I have a nice smile or I have nice eyebrows. I've had clients say that about themselves, or I really like my piercings or I like my tattoos or, um, I don't know. They can usually find something. Yeah. And even if it's just one thing, practicing that thing and making the choice to do that in a way that they are engaging in repetition is what combats all the other well-practiced conversations that they've been having with themselves. And then also when it is really hard for them to think about, well, what, what would my, what do I usually, what do my friends usually say about me or what have other people complimented? But then I also want to encourage them to think about their character because part of body dissatisfaction is also the fact that we tend to objectify ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if we're always zooming into like one body part and just pinpointing that and focusing on that all the time, we lose sight of the big picture. Yep. And the big picture is that our bodies help us accomplish the things that we like to do because of who we are as people. So if we get up and go to work every day, Maybe we have really good work ethic or we take our responsibilities seriously. So we can kind of take who we are as a person and our character and combine that with body positive thoughts. Yeah. My body allows me to get up in the morning and drive my car so I can get to work. I am a hard worker. And that's the kind of thing you would write on the sticky note Mm -hmm. and then repeat that self that those topics to yourself as you're looking at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. No, it's, I I feel like the mirror is so powerful and I always tell clients, okay, start by like telling yourself, but also if you can even just like look in your own eyes and say it with confidence, whether you truly mean it or not, it's going to be transformative. And I know that I've even done that in sessions where it's like, if I have a mirror available, that's something we'll practice and we'll be able to do over and over to really help with that. Yeah. So that, that positive affirmations is so important. And then also filtering out what you don't want to pay attention to, right? Mm -hmm. So we mentioned earlier with social media, blocking out certain things, stop, you know, making a choice to not follow certain things anymore, making a choice to follow things that are actually helpful. But even in public, like understanding you don't necessarily have to read every single magazine cover just because you're standing in a checkout line and that's easily accessible. You can look away. You can um, choose to focus on something else and be very intentional about it. Yeah. The other thing that we like to talk to clients about all the time is airbrushing. Oh, yes. I was about to pull that (laughs) up as like... The airbrushing, but also just like having those like challenges when you do see those things that are not positive, that are promoting um, a certain ideal or look, being able to challenge that as well. Because it is really hard because if we're seeing 5,000, there's going to be really hard to yeah, It's like a level of being 000. brainwashed, right? Yeah. 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 So it's, we have to, we have to really fight that every single day. Mm-hmm. So airbrushing for a lot of clients out there, I have learned that they don't even know what that is, especially kids. And I will, I will educate them on what it is. I'll show them different videos about what it even looks like to airbrush an image, to take a photo of something and airbrush it and show, show them educational videos on how it works in media, in advertisement. The Dove campaign is always a great one with that. It is. That's a really good example. So the Dove campaign, like if you were to go to YouTube, for example, type in Dove campaign airbrushing video, you would get a few of them that pop up that are super informative and 
actually quite entertaining to watch. So it keeps yeah. your attention. But the point is that many kids that I've shown these videos to will say things like, I feel like I've been lied to my whole life. I had no idea this was a thing. You know, some kids do say that. And then there are other kids who actually can relate to it because they are on social media. They use filters when they're posting pictures of themselves. So they get some, some of that concept yeah. that maybe what you see is not reality because they're doing it to their own photos even. And you start to process that with them. You know, yeah. look, everything around us is not even necessarily what it seems. Do you understand that that's impacting the way you're starting to feel about yourself? Yeah. Or even just for parents being really thoughtful about using filters. I know like filters are really fun. You can have like, you know, little fun stuff that is going on, whether it's like glasses or silly hat, but or being animal all, faces or animal faces, but also being really thoughtful about how many times you're posting photos of your own kids with a filter mm -hmm. and what does that mean for your kids? Like, yeah. what is that? What message are you sending to them? Right. So I think that's a really good segue into talking about how can you promote positive body image or yeah. a more healthy body image in your own household? Um, so what do you like to recommend to families? Yeah, I always say, OK, what what are the things that you focus on as a parent? first because you are the role model as we know even looking at toddlers you know your toddler always ends up like copying everything you're doing um I always think that's like a, a really fun age but also really eye-opening on just what you are displaying and so being able to even work on your own body image as a parent and figuring out what message you're sending to your child are you trying to get on the scale every day are you making comments about your weight are you making remarks about food? How is that going to then impact your child and what they think is going to be acceptable or not acceptable? I always think that's the first place to kind of start, especially with parents. It's like, what does yours look like? What is your relationship with your body look like? How can we repair that so you can start modeling it in a different way for your child? Yes. And I love that. I totally agree with that. I do the exact same thing with my clients um, where I ask the parents first, take a step back. I've heard many times where parents will say something like, well, you know, I do actually change my outfit, you know, maybe like five or six times because I just can't find the one that I feel good in or that looks good on me or, or that I feel comfortable in. Cause mm -hmm. I just feel fat in everything that I wear. Um, and my girls are the ones that like help me with that. You know, they tell me I'm not fat. They tell me they, they help me with the outfits in the morning because I do have such a struggle with it. Uh, but I'm not worried about them. It doesn't seem to affect them. They spend most of their time reassuring me that I actually am beautiful. Um, <laughs> so when I, when I hear stuff like that, you know, we laugh a little bit because I think it breaks our heart to have to say to that parent, well, actually everything you do, yeah. even as they are 16 and 17 years old, they are watching and they're taking that in. Mm -hmm. They're learning what it means to be a woman in front of the mirror because of what you're letting them see. Yeah. And I also want to kind of also normalize a little bit of that experience. Are there going to be times that we have where we go in our closet and nothing looks right? Absolutely. I know even for myself, there are times where things just don't look right. I think the, the question is why? 
right? And usually there's something, like we kind of already talked about, there's something else underneath that's happening that's causing that. So one of the things I know is if I have like a really big presentation, I just got to pick out my outfit the night before because once again, that nervousness, that anxiety of how I'm going to be perceived in that presentation now starts getting targeted and picked out on that outfit. So being able to use that as an opportunity to help your child can be very different too of like mommy's not feeling really good about her body today but you know what I think there's something that else is going on I bet it's because I'm worried I bet it's because I'm anxious because this is happening because oftentimes you'll see that happening with girls whether it's like first dates proms even for for men as well it's not just the girls in general but um, for people in general, when there's something else going on, they're worried about how other people are going to perceive them. You start having those reactions, whether it's in the mirror or putting on outfits. And so being able to think about those in a critical way and model um, how to appropriately address those things can be so powerful for yep, kids. I agree. I mean, it's that whole thing of it's, it's what's really underneath the surface, right? So it's mm-hmm. not it's not about like the it's that saying like, what's the issue when the issue is not really the issue, <laughs> right? Yeah. What's yeah. the real issue? Is it really that you, um, uh, or you, it, let me restate that. Is it that you don't look, you don't feel like you look good today because you really hate your body today? Or is it just because you're super anxious or nervous and mm-hmm. want everything to go just right and, and you've yeah. worked yourself up emotionally? Um, so the way that people feel about their body essentially reflects something else that's going on on the inside. Yep. Um, So definitely taking a step back, looking at your own body image as the parent and learning more about that and figuring out how you even portray yourself in front of your kids. Yep. That's a big first step in promoting a healthier relationship with body. What else do you usually talk to parents about? Then I talk about what kind of messages are you sending to your kids about how what they look like or what they're valued for, right? Um, I think it's really easy to be like, oh my gosh, you look so cute because that's what we truly believe as parents is that our child is the cutest, most beautiful thing you've ever seen. But also being very cautious and thoughtful of how often are you commenting on how they look? Yep. What are you trying to really portray, right? So being able to say, oh my gosh, you know, I think you use this one example all the time look how creative you are with the outfit that you put together, right? Being able to go once again underneath of just trying to say who they are outside of how they look and how that their look is now reflected from underneath. Right, like a more personality or character Mm -hmm. type of perspective. Yeah. So commenting on character. But also, again, normalize. We are visual beings. We are very quick to take in and process information based on what we see in that moment right in front of us, it's the quickest way that we process information. And so it's also very common that we're going to comment on that first. And so it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of intentionality to really go in towards a, towards an interaction with our kids and to stay away from uh, a physical appearance comment. And that doesn't mean you can't ever comment about physical appearance either. Right. Because that's then once again, zooming out and like negating how someone looks. And there is a beauty on that. But also being very thoughtful and uh, mindful of 
what you're saying and how often you're saying it. And it will be different based on the kid. If your child is struggling with an eating disorder, talking about physical appearance at all can sometimes be so triggering. And so there may be times that taking a break from focusing on that is really helpful for your child. Yes, absolutely. And even even saying things like you look healthier or you look healthy, right? <laughs> we usually recommend so... stay away from that, mm-hmm. right? Because that can be very triggering for people who have eating disorders. Yeah. It can be code for you just think I'm fat, right? Yeah. <laughs> and once again, parents, this is this is part of the treatment. This is not forever. Right. Right. So forever. being able to say, okay, this is not forever. You can once again tell your child that they're beautiful because that's really what you mean, but we need to be able to use that when they can hear it in a way that's going to be helpful for them and in the way that you actually mean and intend that. Right. And so other examples, I mean, we can talk about how creative they are. We can talk about how smart they are or funny or uh, productive they know how to be because usually people with eating disorders tend to have somewhat of a perfectionistic (laughs) tendency. Um, So we can we can talk about their strengths, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of who they are in the world um, apart from what they look like. And adults, you know, I always say you need to let your child. uh, So this is for parents and loved ones. You know, you need to let the people around you, especially your child, hear you say those things about yourself too. Mm -hmm. So being able to say, I had an, I had a major win today. I, um, I use my work ethic and my smart, intelligent methods to get a raise, you know, whatever it is, but you're talking about your own character. You're saying it Mm -hmm. out loud. You're letting your kid hear that positive affirmation and that focus on your own character because essentially you're modeling positive self-talk for your child also. So you have to let them hear you say that stuff about yourself as well. Yes. Um, What else do you work on with families? For promoting healthy body image in the home. Um, Being able to have discussions about I think we kind of already talked about this a little bit, but just having discussions about what your child is seeing and being able to help them critically think through that. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, Hey, I noticed that you're looking at these certain uh, blogs or following certain people on social media. How much of that is real? How much do you think it's being airbrushed or whatever and talking to your, how does that make you feel when you look at that stuff? Is it necessarily the best thing for you? Let's talk about boundaries, right? Yeah, absolutely. My other major one um, is fat talk. And so I've touched on this in previous podcasts, uh, episodes, but really taking a look at what is the conversation look like at home? Are you as the parent or the or loved one of the person with the eating disorder saying things like, I feel so fat today, mm. or I should, you know, I, I can't have uh, any, I can't have that for dinner. I'm just going to do a salad because lunch was super, you know, it was just too big of a meal and I need to take it easy this evening. Um, so really taking into consideration fat talk and how much it's happening in the home, who is engaging in that conversation mm-hmm. and everybody kind of coming to an agreement that we're going to stay away from this. I always say, really, you feel so fat today. Like, do you feel carbs and did you feel protein also? Because fat's really not a feeling. <laughs> So when people even go there, I'll say, well, what's really underneath that? Yeah. You know, why do you think you're beating yourself up right now? Why are you yet again bullying yourself and being your own worst enemy? 
And then there's usually something yeah. much deeper going on. And how is your body image reflecting something else going on? Exactly. And how can you communicate what else is going on and exactly. how you're going to help yourself with that? And that's another big part of therapy is learning how to communicate what's really going on with you. Mm-hmm. So identifying feelings and then developing the skills to be able to talk about those feelings and ask for help from from the safe people that your client identifies. Yeah. And this is not to shame anyone. Um, I think fat talk is so common in our society. You may not even recognize how often it's occurring or how often you may be saying it. And so being able to have these conversations, it's not meant to be like, Oh, you're, you know, causing all these problems for your child. If you're doing these things, it's like, okay, let's step back. Let's really recenter. Let's be mindful. Let's be thoughtful about, what we're saying and how we're saying things around our children. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's everything I think on how we really focus on working towards having a healthier relationship with your body mm-hmm. when we're working with eating disorder clients, but also keeping in mind that body dissatisfaction is something that affects 90% of the population just yep. by way of the society that we live in. So healthy relationship with body. Thank you, Dr. Smith, for joining us. Thank you. Join us next time.